0: Please pray with me. Lord God, thank you for being the King of Kings and Lord of Lords, Lord. And despite your position of power and authority, you invite us into your presence, Lord. Lord, as we come into your throne room together, we pray that you would speak to us, that you would reveal yourself to us powerfully, Lord, that as your word is preached, you would be made manifest here in the the midst of us, Lord. We pray, Lord God, that you would... Uh, guide our hearts to you. Lord, that you would, uh, repair the faulty compasses of our hearts, Lord, and may they point to true north. And may they lead us to you. Lord God, speak to us today. Give me your words to speak to your people, Lord, and may you speak deep into our hearts. Heal the places of pain, anxiety, fear, sin and failure, Lord. We pray that you would pour your redeeming blood upon them, that you would lead us to the foot of your cross today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Please be seated. Morning. Morning. It is spectacular to see you all today. Well, um, you might have heard there, uh, it was an election year, right? We had a presidential election. Uh, there was some media coverage of it. And it was complicated. Right? This was one of those really complicated, the most complicated election I've seen, right, with the most discord and it seems like the most frustration kind of culturally expressed. Uh, it's a complicated year, complicated year that's left a lot of people kind of uncertain, uncertain. Thinking maybe our nation was in a place that it wasn't, or thinking that it was here and it's not actually over there. I mean, it's confusing. Elections are confusing. And elections are especially confusing because we get our hopes up, right? We start thinking if candidate A gets in office, then it will be something. And if candidate B gets in office, it will be something. And the something is always kind of opposite when the other party tells you what it is, Right? Like, if A gets an office according to A's position, it'll be good. If A gets an office according to B's side, B's side, then it'll be terrible. Right? It's a hard thing to live in a world in which our whole political process leads us to be at odds with each other, and then suddenly one person's in. And what does that mean for everybody? Right? And particularly in the modern era, we have elections that are so close, too. So, invariably, almost half of the nation will be frustrated and half of them satisfied. Those aren't easy times, are they? It's complicated. It's complicated. And perhaps during this time of turmoil, it would be helpful to turn to another election, an older election, no less tumultuous, in fact, quite a bit more tumultuous than this one. In our gospel passage from Luke, we are taken to the place of the skull, Golgotha. There we see the results, God bless you. There we see the results of the election. By popular vote, Jesus Christ has been exchanged for Barabbas, a murderer, an insurrectionist, and he has been nailed to the cross. Ironically and providentially, above the head of Jesus is nailed an inscription, and what does that inscription say? King of the Jews. King of the Jews. He is elected to die and elected to reign in the same place. But there's confusion about what his election means, isn't there? Right? Because Jesus, as he'd been rising in popularity and fame across Judea, the Jewish world thought that he was going to be like King David, a warrior, a king. After all, he was in the line of David and they expected him to come. And to free them from their bondage under Rome. I mean, nobody was big fans of that. None of the Jews were big fans of being under the thumb of another nation. Not being able to be free to make their own decisions and live life the way they wanted. And here they are stuck under Rome and now comes the Messiah. Everything is going to change. This is going to be great. Jesus is going to set it all right. He's going to reestablish their state. He's going to rule over it. He's going to destroy the oppressor and free those who are unjustly bound. That's what they wanted. And when Jesus didn't do this, when he didn't fulfill their hopes, they put him on a cross. They thought that Jesus would save them from the Romans. Thus, they thought that deliverance meant and that their hope was set on being free, free to do what they wanted to worship in peace, to live their lives in freedom, and to do as they pleased. They thought that their nation would be strong again, led by a warrior poet like David. Now, fulfillment in this view was a return to the time of David, when Israel was strong and united, an independent nation exerting its power out in the region. The problem was that their views fell short of reality, because their hope in a hero was now hanging from a cross. And while the Roman government had declared him king and nailed him there, in their, uh, in the eyes of his former followers and in the eyes of his detractors, this was clearly no king and no Messiah. Not one to look to for hope. And so the people mocked him, right? The leader scoffed at him, saying, He saved others, let him save himself, if he is the Messiah of God, the Chosen One. And the soldiers also mocked him, coming up and offering him sour wine and saying, if you are the king of the Jews, save yourself. Even one of the criminals who were hanged there kept deriding him and saying, are you not the Messiah? Save yourself and us. You notice every one of those critiques say, save yourself, Jesus, save yourself. If you're really this great king, you're going to have to save yourself first. But they're mocking their expectation of Jesus fundamentally misunderstood his mission. He makes this clear when he says, Father, forgive them for they do not know what they're doing. They don't know what they're doing. They don't know what they're asking for. They don't know what they're doing in, in giving me up to be to be killed on this cross. They don't know what they're doing in expecting the Messiah to be this certain way. They don't know what they're doing. They have no idea. Jesus was not coming to deliver the people so that they could go on with their daily lives the way they had always done before. He was not coming to pull the criminals off the cross so that they could die some other day in some other way. He was not going to take an earthly throne so that he could lead troops to war and establish a nation state. Jesus was here. To save the world. That could not be done from a palace in Jerusalem. That could be not, that could not be done from a battlefield on the back of a horse. That could not be done by an earthly king. Jesus was indeed the king of the Jews. But he was the king of so much more as well. Jesus Christ is the king of all creation. The king of the universe. The son of God. Now, interestingly, the only one who seems to understand Jesus Christ in his mission is a criminal hanging on the cross next to him. This one person on that hill understands what Jesus is up to and the purpose of why he is there. It's the thief who had admitted that he was hanging on the cross for a good reason. He chastises the other thief and says, look, you and I, we're here because of what we did. And we're here for good reason. But he has done nothing. He's done nothing. This man understood that his actions demanded judgment. That he was a sinner. that He was wrong and rightfully convicted and suffering his just deserts. And so he looked at Jesus and he said, Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. This lone request was answered on that hill that day as darkness covered the land. Jesus then spoke to the repentant criminal. Truly, I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. This lone thief understood the mission and identity of Jesus Christ. Jesus is the king of all, and he was heading to his kingdom, not in retreat, but in victory. The forces of evil in this world had been stacked against him, and he had conquered them all, not through sword and shield, but by faithfulness and sacrifice. So that from his kingdom, he could remember those who call out to him so that he could conquer the greatest foe of all, death. This is where our hope lies in this king, the humble servant who came to die for you and for me. Now, today we look at our nation struggling for identity and unity, and perhaps we see a nation more fractured than we had hoped. We see our warts exposed for the world to see. Where do we put our hope in this day, brothers and sisters? Where do we put our hope? On this Christ the King Sunday, may we look to our one hope, Jesus Christ, the King of the universe and the Redeemer of sinners. Like the thief on the cross, may we turn to Jesus Christ and confess our sin and ask him to remember us Underserving sinners. Then as transformed and redeemed people, may we go out into this world proclaiming his reign and doing the work of the church, caring for the poor, the lost, the lonely, the hurting, the ostracized. This work and his reign stand firm in times of peace and in times of strife. Our king is king over all and at all times. May we serve and worship Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, this day and forevermore, with hearts filled with joy that Jesus has so far exceeded our expectations. Thanks be to God he did not settle for being an earthly king. Thanks be to God he was not just the conquering victor that people hoped he would be. Thanks be to God he was faithful to the end and took our sins upon himself. And died for us on the cross. And in so doing, gave us the greatest deliverance that could ever be offered. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you for being the King of kings and the Lord of lords. The one who has come to redeem and to save. Lord, thank you for caring for the little lost sheep. Thank you for caring for that thief on the cross, Lord God. And in forgiving and in, and in promising that he would be with you in paradise that day, Lord God, you have shown us the essence of your kingdom. Your kingdom is not a place for those who have figured it all out and have their lives together, Lord, but rather for broken people who have confessed their sins to you and received your grace. Lord, people who have been made holy. We pray, Lord God, that you would help us to come to you like the thief on the cross. Knowing, Lord God, that our own sin has brought us to our place of brokenness and challenge in our lives. Lord, give us the ability to confess to you. Give us the ability to turn to you in our pain, in our isolation, in our hopelessness, Lord. And we pray, Lord God, that you would forgive us. And extend to us the promise of life. Lord God, we live in a world of fracture. We live in a world of suffering. We live in a world of confusion, Lord. And we pray that you would make us people of peace in this world. Send us into our nation and into this world as ambassadors for you, proclaiming your kingdom, Lord, proclaiming your reign. And caring for those who are suffering and lost and lonely. Lord, make us instruments of your peace. And we pray, Lord God, that where is discord, you would bring unity. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. Amen.